0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more
1: shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.
0: Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Jason Allen Butler of Fever 333 from Eagle Bank Arena in Northern Virginia let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie and I'm with Jason Allen Butler of Fever 333. We are here at a very chilly Eagle Bank Arena in Virginia. It's been quite a while since we've talked. Um, Lots of new music since we last talked, which is pretty exciting. Um, The band's first LP, Strength in Numbers, came out last week. What's the significance of that title?
1: Uh, It's just kind of Essentially a play on words, uh, clearly uh, trying to hearken on the uh, age-old idea of solidarity, uh, as well as including the three threes, which are the three Cs, which is the foundation upon which the whole idea of the band sits upon, which is community, charity, and change. And really just trying to um, get people to pay more attention to each other, really. yeah.
0: And tell me a little bit about charity. I know that's definitely something you have been working on for, for years, really, before the band. But tell me about some of the more recent charity work you've been up to.
1: Through the band, I was able to start a a nonprofit called the Walking My Shoes Foundation. So it's an actual, like, um, valid, um, real deal, governmental nonprofit. And through that, uh, I hope to offer an easier path to offer uh, assistance and aid in any charity works that people want to be involved with. Um, I think a lot of the language for change can be convoluted and seem intimidating for a lot of people, especially for younger people. It seems as though there's so many steps you have to take in order just to to donate money and um, trying to understand where that goes and how that works. So with this program, the Walking My Shoes Foundation, we've made it easier. We Everything is sort of bullet pointed and um, cliff notes on this website. And we partner and align ourselves with uh, various charities throughout the year. So we do it tri-yearly. And each trimester we have a... Um, we have well, currently we have three. Uh, so we have the Mijente Support Committee, the Black Voter Fund, and United for a Fair Economy. And you can choose to which which one, whichever one speaks to you. And also through this program, we're having events to um, extend a sense of empathy to these issues and try to get people to understand, uh, hopefully through experiencing the experience that others have had. And. I guess that's kind of a lot, but essentially what, what it is, is, is trying to create an easier way and segue for people to offer the change that they want to and the assistance that they want to in the charities that they choose.
0: I think for, for good, for better or for worse, I think things that have been going on in the past two plus years have really ignited some things. And I think that it's great because I think young people want to do things, but it's also kind of like, I give this money. I don't know where it goes to. Um, I don't know how to really get involved other than maybe money and financial is definitely something important when it comes to charity. But other than that, what can you do? And I think that that's, that's really important.
1: Yeah, I just think that understanding the issues at hand and understanding a lot of the issues that are affecting you, I, I, I really believe in um, local mobilization. I really believe in looking at your community, looking at your um, immediate environment and seeing the things that are affecting you and, and those around you and trying to have an effect in a positive way on those things. I think that the most important thing we can do is be as local initially and look at things locally. and And I mean as local as yourself. I think that in order to give a shit about anything um, outside of yourself. You must understand yourself. Give a shit about yourself first. So I really, really try to get people to understand their worth in all of this, even if it's just acknowledgement, even if it's just recognizing the, the situations or scenarios that they are in um, and those that they would like to either leave or improve. So I think that, again, locally, the, the most, I guess, the most, uh, the easiest, or not the easiest, but the most immediate local would be yourself, and then moving to your community and your environment. And then if you so choose, you can move to a national or international level. But again, uh, local mobilization is always the first for me.
0: Find what you care about. Start with that, I love it. Uh, Your first single, Burn It, uh, what inspired the writing of that?
1: I was really just, honestly, like brass tacks was I was sitting at John Feldman's house and he asked me how I was feeling. And I was just telling him that I think that there's there are so many systems and constructs and institutions right now that are leaning and leveraging power against the people and leveraging power in a way that it really only serves a very uh, fractional portion of our society. And trying to understand that there are a lot of pieces of our society that were put in place in order to like quite literally subjugate and to relegate people. So once we understand that, understand that, then perhaps sometimes the, what you have to do is you have to eradicate them completely from society. Like these ideas, these archaic um, modes and ways and methods of thinking, um, specifically speaking, you know, racist ideals, sexist ideals, um, patriarchal ideas, uh, the systemic and institutional racism, the the prison industrial complex. I mean, these are all things and, and when you say, and here's the thing is when you say those things, people, it's like a, Trigger, you know, and people think that you're just spinning off things that that you've read, but um, I actually have experienced these things personally. Uh, whether that was whether that be a sense of racism, um, s- observing sexism towards my mother and sister, the the people that raised me, and obviously my wife and various other um, women in my life that I adore and admire and that inspire me, seeing them being given the shorten this stick simply because of their physiognomy. And then also with the the prison industrial complex, I, I, um, for better or for worse, I have experience with that as well. And I've taken a lot of my time and efforts to try to understand why. And I think that the one thing that I cannot be lied about is my own experience. And these are my experiences. So With that song, it was just really talking about eradicating these things that we don't need if we want to move forward. You know, if if all they're doing is hindering progress, then they shouldn't be uh, present.
0: Absolutely. Um, As far as choosing songs, I'm sure every song on the album is near and dear to your heart because that's why you put them on the album. Um, But what song do you think best encapsulates the album's overall vibe? Uh,
1: Probably the intro. In the outro, yeah, it's probably just that. I mean, it's it's the most conceptual part of it, I think, and just trying to get people primed and ready, and then giving them bookends and conclusion to what has happened in the album. I think that those pieces really sort of highlight what it is you're about to experience. Um, And uh, while they may be a bit theatrical, I think that over, uh, I think the concept of them. Is the most potent the most potent uh, not part of the album, but just of what what might prepare somebody for what they're uh, going to experience or what I'm trying to discuss in the albums.
0: I don't think th- I think theatrical is a good way to 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 kind of phrase that, and I think that that might be a way to kind of break through and, and kind of capture attention so I think that that's that's a really smart way to go about it even even if it wasn't intentional or if it was, I think that you know music has a has a true power and I think that spoken words do as well yeah, <laughs> um, what do you know what your next single is going to be and how do you guys decide that?
1: Yeah, you know man I think that music today and popular music and internet and streaming and physical copies, all these things. They, I just, I think the people are what help you decide. And when you, in this case, we don't, we didn't, the album wasn't really out when we were trying to figure out the single. So we just kind of had to think of what the people might want. But then the album came out and sometimes it's different. So I think it's going to be, well, yeah, I think it's going to be One of Us, um, which is a great song. And I think that it, it really does speak, I Uh, I guess it's like a platform for representation, a large, a large one specifically in that song. So that's great. But moving forward, I think I'm just going to listen to what the people say. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the streaming, look at the numbers, like what do people say they want to hear or what they want to see? I think that that's the age that we're in. We can't just force feed people music anymore. We can't force feed them art. I don't think we ever should have, but I think there was a time in the industry where you were kind of told what was cool, Where whereas now we have to listen to, to the, to the youth and to the, the listeners of music and they tell us what's cool, you know? So I like that balance now. I like that.
0: Better than a focus group any day. Yeah. You mentioned seeing, so do you have plans to direct any more of your videos?
1: Yeah, yeah. So me, myself and, and my partner now, DJ Bronner, we also did this video that you're about to see, um got together, figured it all out. And yeah, DJ is uh, very, very talented, really, really amazing and encouraging um, for a lot of my ideas that can seem a bit grandiose or outrageous at times. He's able to realize them and and help me put them into play, especially on set. Uh, He's like my eyes, you know, if I'm performing in the video, he's my eyes there and uh, creatively and just his talent uh, overall. I'm very lucky to be, have him on, on this team. So yeah, th- this video was another one that was.
0: Nice. Um, so you mentioned music streaming and things like that uh, with new music coming out. W- what role do you see music streaming having this year?
1: I mean, f- if I have to look at, you know, th- the trend, it looks like it is what is leading music now. I think that that's how people find their music. I, I was just listening to my team talk today and they were talking about how, Someone didn't have Spotify Premium, so he had to go elsewhere to be sort of introduced to new music, and then a couple of Spotify Premium people that uh, had it, um, they were saying that they just, it's presented to them, and they can choose whether or not they, so it's like, the streaming services really are this sort of, um, I guess, marketplace, like the largest marketplace for music, at least... From what I'm understanding, and, and a, lot, a lot of generationally too, I, I come from a generation where you you go and buy the album, but I'm not saying that that has to stay that way. I'm a, I'm also of the you know the school of thought where I think that evolution is um, inevitable, and this is just part of the evolution. So just trying to find a way to utilize that to all of our uh, advantage, both music consumer and creator, yeah.
0: I think music can be uh, a source of inspiration. It can be a source of release. It, can, it has many different roles. What music do you find you turning to if you're having a rough day to kind of maybe reset things or let out what you need to feel?
1: That's a great question. It just depends, really. Sometimes I'm like really nostalgic, like romantically nostalgic. And I'll listen to some some things that I just remember being in the moment where I thought that I never wanted to leave, you know, uh, early like, you know, early love and. And situations where I felt so liberated, like I could just do anything. Like, <laughs> so I go to things, it's usually older stuff. And then today, if, with, with the newer music, if I'm to be inspired in a way where I want to push forward, I, I, I typically, I listen to a lot of, um, a lot of hip-hop and a lot of um, industrial-leaning-like music usually just because I think that it's, it's really challenged the way that popular music is received and consumed and accepted. So um, it just kind of depends on where I'm at. But if it's like a rough day, I usually just try to chill. My 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 old go-to was Daughter. Um, I loved Daughter a lot. It was like, those first two EPs were amazing. Um, and then recently, I, you know, honestly, I was listening to that um, one song. I've been listening to the uh, Nina Cried Power by Hosier. I thought, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just such an amazing song to me. And I think that um, the feature on it is she's amazing. And I don't know, it's just strong. So if I need to be lifted, I I guess I was listening to that song recently, yeah.
0: I think music really has uh, such a powerful, you know, it's it's so multifaceted Mm -hmm. with the things that it can do. How do you think music can bring about change? I kind of feel like that's kind of where you are right now. Yeah, I think that historically
1: music has always precipitated any Renaissance or revolution, um, romantic political, intellectual. And if we're looking again, historically, I I feel like there's a reason for it. If it's been so frequent, so consistent, there has to be a reason. So if you look at the reason, I think one of the most primitive reasons is that it was one of our first um, universal languages and and it, it transcended these ideas of having to speak one language. And I think that also on a primitive level, evolutionarily, we used to band together in tribes and we would share our stories through music and dance. So I think rhythmically there's something inherent to music and I think that uh, there's an instant affirmative in a lot of music too where you just quite literally say yes without even knowing it. Um, I think that the, the use of that universal language is probably the most important part of it. As far as change is concerned, I think that you can speak and create these scenarios to people that may have never experienced that in their life, but they're willing to hear you out because you're playing it over a dope beat or something that speaks to them um, as far as a progression is concerned. And and I think that art, overall art, really is the the most important thing in cultural change. One of the most important things in cultural change because it, it really does. And it sort of nurtures this sense of... of um, of the impossible. You know, you, you believe in something and you think that you can do something so far out of the, the fathomable realm, and then you accomplish it through music. I think that that's really, really inspiring and encouraging. So if we think that we can't change our situation or uh, change our environment or change the structures that we live within, and then we listen to a song that tells us we, we can, well, maybe we'll believe that.
0: I love the idea of art bringing about change. Um, and someone who, Teaches young children every day. I, t- I teach teenagers. Um, what do you think young people should do to feel maybe less marginalized and more heard? Because I would love to give that like initial advice, like how do I get started?
1: You know, I just did a. I just spoke at my um, this youth youth government program that I was a part of, and then I was also an advisor for when I got older, and. The re- my, po- my reason for being there wasn't necessarily to tell them how to do it, but was to offer a sense of representation. I think that explaining to them that there are other people that look like them that have succeeded in other ways, or there are other people that look like them that weren't just, that weren't just marginalized or disaffected, offering them um, an idea of, of hope. I think that that's extremely important. I remember being a young... A young man and looking at the history books and not, and not really seeing anybody that looked like me and even less my father, um, black man in America. Uh, very and and if I saw a woman, typically a lot of these history books, um, it was again in a more uh, submissive role. And I and I don't I don't think that that not not only do I think that that's um, problematic, but I also think that it's it's not true. You know, there's so much history that we don't learn. Um, but if they for them to take upon themselves would be a sense of empowerment and understanding their power that is inherent to them and their worth that is inherent to them. that That is them just being here, like you won the cosmic lottery. You know, whatever you believe in truly, whether it's the universe or God's, God or God's, whatever it is or nothing at all, you've won just being here first and foremost. And you do have a power, you just have to find what that is. And then also understanding how to utilize that power. Um, I spent a lot of time as a as a young person trying to figure out myself via um via my own identity and my beliefs and my faith and what i had to realize was that the first person i needed to to give a fuck about me was me so um i just want for the youth i want them to understand that unfortunately we do live in a world that's not really trying to hand you anything um, and you can but but acquisition is not as hard as it as they want to make it seem if you want it, you know, and if you have that idea of representation, if you have an idea of, of what you're worth. Um, obviously, I do believe systemically some people start a few steps behind. Again, this is from experience, but I do think that, again, given representation and given a path, uh, it's, it's, it's much more possible to achieve these things if we if we see it for ourselves.
0: Speaking of your art, my last question would be that, you know, Made in America... It's Grammy nominated for Best Rock Performance. What does that honor mean for your work and for your art moving forward with this record?
1: Yeah, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that it's really nice to be acknowledged by our peers and contemporaries and people in this field that way. And I think that it's not really us as much as it is a group of mixed race people. Stephen's black, I'm biracial, Eric is white. People of color in rock and roll, there's a very there's a there's a low um track record of representation and even lower in the Grammys so I think that that in and of itself is a pretty pretty large testament to ho- hopefully a shift again towards more representation and understanding and looking at rock music in a different way guitar based music in a different way It doesn't have to be so orthodox or purist anymore and I think that will help the evolution of rock because currently I think that rock music is is really um can't get out of its own way. And it's trying to hold on to these, again, these age old things and it's I'm cyclical. It yeah, passed. yeah, so it's a cycle. <laughs> and then we we wonder why, you know, we can't play catch up with pop or, or hip hop or indie. Um, it's because we've become a little more stubborn in rock music. So um, for the Grammy thing, I do think that it's a, a, an amazing sense of recognition, again, for people of color and, and also people, I mean, this is a rather challenging subject matter, I think, uh, I guess relatively speaking because there's plenty of bands doing it but again in the Grammys I don't I don't know how many rock bands are um I guess playing like subversive rock music I literally don't know but but um that the most important part is the messaging man this is a platform for us to just continue um, bringing the message to more people and and not keeping it insular because it's a, it's a It's a very big message and it's for all people and and creating a sense of power for all people. So um, very cool. uh, But I also I have to talk about the um, sort of sterility in the history of the Grammys. And I think we have to acknowledge that in order to move forward and to evolve it and, and to help it become more multifaceted and multidimensional. So, I mean, it's cool, but it's all about the message at the end of the day.
0: That message is important, which is why you should be sure to check out Strength in Numbers in stores now. This is Jackie. Thanks to In the Key of Change and Substream Magazine.
1: Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get twenty twenty? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called Twenty Twenty, where myself Benny Goodman.